Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160 in Earth 1610. I'm Zach. And I'm John. How are you doing weekend? today, John? Excellent. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Nice. Um, how's how's um the end of yours and Shiloh's summer? Oh my is god, she, I didn't even... relishing these last couple weeks before school starts? I didn't even tell you this. Um, so she was supposed to go back to school on Monday of like this upcoming Monday. So last Monday she was there setting up her classroom and she had it like 90% finished, had been there all day. And she got a call from a different principal that she had been in contact with, you know, off and on for a few years now. And it's just never worked out to come to his school. And he offered her a better salary. They have um, like a longer summer, longer breaks, fewer fewer total days in school, and they get more PTO days. And she doesn't have to earn them. She just starts. Okay, so it's just all around a one hundred percent better job. It's like ten minutes further away, but yeah, it seems to be a better job. So I had to come straight from work on Monday to her school and help her tear down the classroom that she just oh. set up <laughs> and move it. And we set up another one, but so, yeah, what's so she she's going to be teaching. She is seventh grade English language. Arts. Which is what she was doing before. Right. Or was she, she was she doing was like sixth grade, but all everything. subjects. Yeah. Oh, so is she excited? I think she is. Yeah. So similar age kids, but like, kind of different uh, now a more specific scope. group yeah yes so yeah i bet i bet she'll like doing that i feel like i think she will too uh, she's excited about it she's very excited that she now doesn't have to start school on monday oh my gosh yeah so when does she go back beginning of august dude i don't know <laughs> that's funny what about she's... you when do you go back beginning of august okay i know uh It's going by too fast. So last week, we asked for suggestions to name John's new kitten. Oh my gosh, did we get any? John, you haven't checked the Instagram, have you? No. Okay, I'm I'm going to read you some of these, and it'll be the first time you're hearing them. Oh my gosh, okay, here, before you do that, I have... So there's there's an up there's been updated names that I'm keeping in mind, but nothing... I, I really... Nothing is really sticking right now, but... Reggie for Reggie Miller or Reggie Wayne. Did I say that on the last one? You might have. Can't remember. And then Rocket, but sort of for the Guardians Rocket, because that last movie was really good. But also and mostly because he was like, I was playing Rocket League with some friends and he was like chasing the ball around with his paws. And oh, that's so, cute. So I was like, that's cute. So those are probably, and then I, I also do just like calling it like Black Cat. So that's like the third name that I might just go with. I the remember re-name. you said Jack because of his eyes looking I'm like not, a jack. I, uh, I'm not doing that anymore. Oh, okay. All right. No. Why so, did somebody say that? Uh-oh. <laughs> no, I thought that was unique. I thought well, that was Well, his eyes just creative. don't look as orange anymore. That was That was a specific look. Yeah, he's out of that phase. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... A few name suggestions for this adorable little guy. Loki. 
T'Challa, Knox, oh. Wicca, Jasper, Sable. Wait, you have to slow down because okay. my mind was already racing because because I I you know Zach how how much how intimately are we sharing our personal lives? Anyway, I used to like foster kittens with with this girl uh and we were also living together and we actually had a foster of kittens and we named one of them T'Challa because it was a little black kitten. So I don't want to do that. But then we also did have a dog that we named Shuri. So 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 we've done the Black Panther ones before. I like yeah. those suggestions. Sometimes I call my wife T'Challa. T'Challa. That's great. Um, okay, so slower. Yes. You want me to start over? I think I got to Loki and T'Challa. Okay. Nox. N-O-X. Okay. Wicca. Okay. Jasper. Okay. You don't have to go this slow. <laughs> Sable. And none of these got to a thousand likes. So none of them are, are forced. So none you. of them are forced. Okay. Yeah. You get your choice. Um, Bort. <laughs> these these next few are all mine. Gillette. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Kitty McCatface. <laughs> I don't hate that one. That's that's actually like the closest one I've got. And Kyle Pitts. <laughs> and Kyle Pitts. I don't hate that one either. I wonder <laughs> if you can make Kyle Pitts into like a cat pun. Like Kyle pause litzer box <laughs> yeah know. at this kyle point pa- yeah i'm owning it i know kyle pitts is not gonna be like the greatest tight end in the nfl while arthur smith is his coach but at this point i've invested so much into being like the kyle pitts cheerleader guy <laughs> that i'm just gonna keep pretending he is um that's funny oh i might draft him um well, I like I like a lot of those names. I like Loki a lot. Um, is he troublesome? Does he get I, into mischief? I uh, he was found under a car, so kind of. <laughs> um, let's see. I liked Jasper a lot. I don't think any of these are gonna make are, are gonna make it, but I but I do like them. Jasper and Sable, those are those are good ones. Lots of good ones. And if I didn't say yours was good, it's only because I've forgotten it. <laughs> <laughs> Mine were like joke names. Yeah. I liked Kitty McCatface. Okay. What else do we have uh before we can get into some Spider-Man? Um well, if we're cool with getting into more sports um have yes. you watched listeners skip ahead zach do you put time codes in the video do we need to start doing I that i don't i don't think you can do that on most platforms okay um yeah. we'll just go with you can't do it well maybe they'll <laughs> like this i don't know have you watched the omaha productions netflix show quarterback, quarterback. yeah me and shiloh have been no. getting into that the last few nights is it pretty good i like it Okay. The really the only things I've heard about it is that it's pretty boring. Like really? the TVs they have on maybe aren't very uh, who who are some of the ones they have on? Don't Kirk have, Cousins, like, Kirk, yeah, Marcus Mariota and Patrick Mahomes. Okay. So, 
I don't know. No, I have not seen it. I also did not know it was a Peyton Manning thing until like yesterday. Yeah, I, I had heard about it for the last like week and a half or so, but I didn't know Peyton Manning was doing it. So I'll probably check it out. It yeah, Instagram? it's like his brainchild. It's on Netflix. Ooh. But it's cool. It, you just get like an inside look into their life, you know, like how much they study, how often they get hurt, like what they do to train, you know, stuff like that. Oh, dude, I bet it's a lot. It, it's like, I bet crazy. they're working hard. Yeah. Like, man, I I bet Peyton Manning and Tom Brady were always watching film. Like, I just... wish I could have seen this type of show for about them. Peyton Manning and oh yeah. yeah watch him just like you know falling asleep <laughs> you, studying and you, yeah, watch, you watch yeah. Tom Brady eating like tree roots and berries and stuff and living like a caveman to stay yeah. he- young forever well now I bet every QB is like studying their butt off but if you did this in like 2006 you'd have an episode of Peyton Manning like studying the entire time and then you'd just go to like Brett Favre and he'd be like drinking and hanging out and like <laughs> these are the two best quarterbacks in the league <laughs> it's a that- real Tiger Woods versus John Daly that's a golf thing Zach. yeah yeah okay yeah, have you heard the story that Brett Favre was like well into his NFL career and a coach was like talking to him and he's like, okay, so when you see nickel formation, here's what you do. And Brett Favre had to ask his backup quarterback, what is nickel? Dude, I, I had never heard that, but that goes perfectly with the with the comparison I just said, knowing very little about Brett Favre. Let me see. Let me see, Zach, if I've got any notes on uh, things we should talk about before or after the, the we get into this. I know we have a couple of things. Oh, have you ever heard of this thing in Rambo where they thank the Mujahideen soldiers at the end of the movie? No. Yeah. Okay. So it's not that big of a deal. I. I mean, it was like back when. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's no big deal. I don't put that on a poster, okay? <laughs> so it's <laughs> it was like back when apparently the Muhajadin, which I, I'm not super familiar with this stuff at all, but that's like the Bin Laden guys from uh-huh. from Afghanistan, and it was back when the Russians and communism were invading, and the Muhajadin were we- fighting. We funded them. them. Yes. We like sold and, them arms and trained them and stuff. Yes. And at the end of Rambo, it says this film is dedicated to the brave Muhajadeen soldiers, blah, 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 you know, whatever. I don't know the exact words, but that's the gist of what it said. And I was trying to explain this to my, to the gym teacher who I go golfing with and who's like pretty old. He's, probably never gonna listen to this podcast you know um i don't know dude it was just like trying to speak and like uh, like i saw he this was so and, old he, he didn't was, know like world affairs from the 80s no he it was just like it was trying to explain like this thing I saw on the internet that the end of the Rambo movie says this thing and the Muhajadeen are like Bin Laden stuff. And it's like, you know, you try to explain that to someone who doesn't know. It's like, 
I don't know. I like gave up pretty quickly. I was like, anyway, it was just something I heard, you know, blah, blah, blah. That sounds so offensive with no context. It's like, oh, they were <laughs> Bin Laden <laughs> stuff, but they genuinely are like, I, I think wanna, they're like the precursor not... to, to Al-Qaeda. Okay, right? but I if I didn't see that specific thing about Rambo, I would not know what that group was. If I heard that name, I'd I'd be like, someone would have to explain that to me. Yeah, no, I mean, after 9-11, it did I become a enough. big retroactive thing where people were like, wait a minute, didn't we, like, train these guys and arm them and, like, celebrate them 10 years ago? Well, and, and yeah, and I was, like, talking to him, and, and you know, I, I'm not an expert on the subject, and I don't know how much of an expert he is on the subject, so I'm also not really speaking in, like, 100% certainties. I'm like, I think that they're, like, the Bin Laden group from before, and... Anyway, Zach, I've got some other sort things about the gym teacher. I also that same day had to explain to him what Venmo was, and um, we saved a turtle that we found in the fairway, and we put it back in the water. So it was a good day all around. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I just Googled it. They might have been the Taliban, which is different from Al-Qaeda. But either way, it's someone we eventually went to war with. Yeah. Okay, good <laughs> So you have seen that thing about Rambo. That was my point. Was no, man, I had not. I had not seen. Oh, that. you had it. Yeah. No. That's why if you watch if you if you watch the boys in this last season, Soldier Boy is like tied up in like one of his old movies that he made, and he's like like tied up, kind of being threatened, and he's like, I just want to say thank you to our brave Muhajadeen soldiers for you know, and it's like a Rambo yes. thing. Yeah. Oh, well, I think people have just joked about that a lot. Like I've seen like a, I don't remember which one, like if it's the onion or hard times or what, but there was like a um, satirical headline I saw on Twitter one time where it's like 10 times in friends that Ross says Al Qaeda poses no threat to the United <laughs> States. No, he, that's not true, right? It's absolutely not true, but it's just oh playing gosh. off of that oh same gosh. joke That's of funny. like, like historically the United States, we, we end up arming and training a lot of people that end up being like our enemies later yeah. down the road. Yeah. We just don't learn. Yeah. That's a whole nother podcast. That we're probably not qualified to do. I'm, I was, was going to say, I'm not. Yeah. I don't know enough about geopolitical affairs to go any deeper than how it relates to pop culture. We might have already overreached <laughs> with this. Yeah. I say we get into some Spider-Man. Okay, definitely. But first, a word from Better Business Bureau. Every business says they're better. But the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at bbb.org. We're back. So... We're getting into uh, Ultimate Spider-Man issue 43. This is written by Brian Michael Bendis, penciled by Mark Bagley, and inked by Art to Bear. And I would assume it's also uh, colored by uh, Transparency Digital and lettered by Chris Iliopoulos, but we don't actually know because it doesn't say in the issue. 
There's no page. I know. I was disappointed. But the issue is called Help, because famously Peter Parker loves the Beatles. Spiders and Beatles get along really well. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we open on a chemistry teacher, and I already know John's going to love this scene. We open on the <laughs> chemistry teacher at Midtown High asking where Peter Parker is, and he says... The only one of you jokers who pays an ounce of attention and he skips the class. I saw him in the hallway. Why isn't he here? And that would st- that would stink. You know, one of the troublemakers wants to skip class. All right, see ya. <laughs> I have a hard time believing Mary Jane doesn't pay an ounce of attention in this class, but whatever. Yeah, um, when Stacy is smart. She's smart, but I could see her not applying herself. Yeah. Especially after her I dad was joking, just died. Kind of. Dude. Okay. She's no, not no, she is no, she, she is smart. She's no I was, bimbo. I was joking. No, I didn't say that. Sexist <laughs> John over was, here. It was uh I was making a joke about how she is smart, but she doesn't pay attention. Right. Well, speaking of Gwen, she says, doesn't he get like all A's? So big whoop. And the teacher says, you'll pardon me, Miss Stacy, if I don't take disciplinary advice from the likes of you. Actually, you know what? I don't side with this teacher here. And I'm going to go back against what I said, because when the kids who do everything and are on the ball skip class, it really isn't an issue. I mean, don't. Don't come after me. It is an issue, but they always make up their work. It's the kids who are already not paying attention when they miss class, then it does become a huge problem because now they're getting behind in everything. And it's very frustrating as a teacher. I'm sure Shyla feels the same way. Listeners. <laughs> I did him a favor and cut it out, but John actually just unprompted ranked the top 10 students in his class <laughs> that he's fine with skipping a day. Yep. Yep. That happened. I didn't know any of them. It was pretty weird. Yeah, first and last name. <laughs> um, so I just think it's so funny that the teacher says, "You'll pardon me if I don't take disciplinary advice from the likes that of you." Funny. Like that's so nasty that to a funny. girl that just lost her dad. But all he knows about her is this is the chick that pulled a knife on a student. Yeah. Um, Gwen <laughs> whispers to Mary Jane, "He's your boyfriend. Why am I taking the hit for this?" Uh, which is also funny. And MJ tells the teacher, he uh he has a stomach thing. And Gwen tells Mary Jane, good one. And the teacher starts lecturing Mary Jane on what she should tell Peter about skipping class. And he's interrupted by an announcement over the intercom. Because of the mutant attack at the other nearby high school, Midtown is closing early for the day for safety purposes. Which, okay, do you have any thoughts on and and well not only are they closing early but they're like okay there's a bunch of buses outside you know everybody go home. Yeah, okay. I don't understand that. If they closed every time something bad happened in New York, no work would get done in the Marvel universe. Well, in this in this square block of space. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe out of school constantly. And it's but, like it's one mutant that attends that other no, school here, that was here, blowing up cars it's not like a yeah. coordinated attack against the high schools it's just someone blowing up cars out of high school okay 
It's, it's just, not like a school shooting or anything. It's innocent fun. Um, what they would actually do is they would definitely go into lockdown. There's no way they would be like, everybody go outside and go home. There's an attack a couple blocks down the road. Also, just in the last issue, the kids were talking about, hey, should we leave the school and go over to that other one to watch? So well, it's like, if you, cut them, if you cut all these high schoolers loose, at least some of them are definitely going to run towards the danger. Yeah. Yep. Silly. Very silly. But that's wh- that's where the story goes. That's what happens. Um, so the classroom erupts with cheers, and the students get up and start walking as the teacher yells at them to stay seated. Which felt very real. Um, John, did that feel a little too real to you? Like, the bell doesn't dismiss you, I dismiss you. Yeah, I'm usually so ready for them to be out of class. <laughs> You're not one of those guys. <laughs> like- and there's the bell. See ya. <laughs> yeah, this no, guy. I'm a good teacher. Okay, you know, I I don't think any other parents of the kids are going to be listening to this, but <laughs> just in case they do, you are a good teacher. Thanks, Zach. Yeah, I don't think this chemistry guy is. He strikes me as the type of dude that like gets an ounce of authority and has to wield it. Yep. But, anyways. Gwen says mutants under her breath. And on the very next page, we see Spider-Man and Geldof with Geldof looking shocked at the X-Men and saying mutants. So just funny little like parallel there. And Storm, Kitty and Jean from the X-Men are standing there smiling. And Jean says, where? And they introduce themselves and confirm that Geldof is a mutant too, and that's why they're there. And Geldof faints from shock. And Kitty asks, "Did is, he is Jean Grey's name Marvel Girl?" Yeah, that's her code name. I always thought Jean Grey was her code name. Or people Phoenix. sure use it like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she she like stops and restarts using Marvel Girl sometimes. Hmm. I'm not a fan. You don't like it? I don't. I can see why Jean Grey sticks and Marvel Marvel Girl doesn't. Yeah. Well, it, also, eventually she grows up. Like, when, when she first started getting called Marvel Girl, she was like 16 yeah. and being written by Stan Lee. Okay. But here, she's also kind of young. She's like, I think she's like 19 or something in the Ultimate Universe. So she can still be Marvel Girl. Okay. Um, so Kitty asks, did he not know he was a mutant? And Peter says, from what I can tell, he was actually pretty much in denial. And Kitty whips her head around at him and asks, are you really Spider-Man? And Peter says, shh, don't tell anyone. And she says, it's an honor to meet him. And she's a huge fan. And Peter's like, you are? And then Jean says, Kitty has a poster of him on her wall. And Peter's like, Wait, they sell posters? And he warns them that Gel- when Geldof wakes up, he might be a little mutant phobic. And Jean telepathically tells Peter, you did a good job trying to talk to him. And this freaks him out and he yells. And then she telepathically says, sorry. And he yells again. 
And she explains to him, still telepathically, that she's projecting her voice inside his head and he can just think to communicate with her. But he keeps talking out loud because he's clearly not used to it um, or comfortable with it. And she just keeps insisting on doing it. And she says, it's not that big of a deal. In fact, you're the first guy in six months who hasn't immediately pictured me naked. So I appreciate that. And then I think this is her fault. I think she like inceptioned that thought into his head because Peter looks down and Jean says until now. And Peter says, sorry. And Jean asks, are you done? He starts scratching his head and says, I'm done. And Jean keeps giving him different looks that range from angry (laughs) to confused to surprised. As Peter says, okay, now I'm done. Okay. Now. Okay. Now. A little bit too long of the joke, but yeah, it lingers. (laughs) Yeah. I just think it's crazy that she just like, she decides, Oh, we're going to talk telepathically now. And he's like, I'm not comfortable with this. And she's like, it's fine. I say so. (laughs) Look, I'm in your head. It's no big deal. Like I do this with everyone. And I see all their, I see all their dirty thoughts. Don't picture me naked, by the way. Oh no, (laughs) you're picturing me naked. Like, it's such an invasion of privacy, and she just does not even yeah. care a little bit. Yeah, that's which true. I, I think is very funny. I think that's very six yeah. no six one six. I know Gray. that. I know that you think invading people's privacy is funny. I know we've talked about that before. So, oh my yeah. god, shut <laughs> up! <laughs> I think it's funny that she doesn't think there's I anything wrong with that. it. Um. So Geldof wakes up and sees Spider-Man, Storm, Kitty, and Jean standing over him. And he screams and faints again. And Jean says, okay, that time was my fault. And Storm asks what she did. And Jean says, I was just saying hi. And Storm's like, with your mind? And Jean says, yes. And Storm says, no wonder. Were were you trying to like picture what it would be like while you were reading this? Like, to picture you Jean were- Grey naked? Yes. No. Um, to picture, like, if someone were talking to you in your head, what it would be like. That would be pretty weird, you know? Like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it is interesting. Like, it would be like a booming coming from inside your head. Well, I'm wondering if it would even just be voice, or would you also see pictures and stuff? Or would they? Would it be a voice for you, but they see what you're visualizing because clearly she can see what peter's visualizing could she also project to him i don't know it's presented many different ways in comics and i always think it's interesting that's really interesting i love a good telepathy bit well they can project i think she can like project right because i know she can but i don't know if she always is you know can she also turn it off here yeah maybe she was projecting herself naked and then she's always like, great, they're picturing me naked again. <laughs> I just think it's pretty easy for him to do, considering she's, you know, already a redhead. What does that have to do with any... What? Because he's dating a redhead. Oh my gosh, Zach. I <laughs> I don't think it's a it's a far jump for I, him. I, I, okay. Thinking about okay. Mary Jane to thinking about Jean Grey. <laughs> okay. I, I get does, it. Does that make sense? It does. <laughs> um, 
so the girls start asking what they're going to do with Geldof, and Jean says it won't look good for their cause when the police arrest him. And Storm mentions they don't even know if he's a mutant. And Peter presses them on this, rightfully, and says, wait, what? He's not a mutant? Because you just said he was. Is he a mutant or not? Which was I was so happy for, because I was thinking the same thing. And Jean telepathically calls out for Professor Xavier, and he responds to all of them, including Spider-Man. And he says, good morning, angels. I was monitoring your mission, but I have my hands full back here. Usually I would say, let's go through the proper authorities, but this is a special case. If we leave him, the police will be involved, and I really would like to examine him. But technically it is kidnapping. So, a lot to unpack here. Um, do you have any thoughts about that? Um, I don't think that it's really kidnapping. Like, <laughs> he was like blowing up cars in front of the school, and he's a mutant. Isn't this what they do? Well, it's what they do, but he's also a minor, and they have no authority. Well, they kind of do. They're superheroes. They don't have a superhero badge. They're mutants. No one likes them. <sighs> Jeez. They just Ouch, have their Zach. own, like, building. A little phobic. The, uh, yeah. Um, I, I, okay. That was, that was kind of my thought. I was like, yeah, just bring him back. It's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Um, did you like the Charlie's Angels bit? Yeah, I did. I was kind of wondering if that was a Charlie's Angels joke for for the reader, the audience, or was Professor Xavier knowingly doing a Charlie's Angels joke? Oh, he knew no. what he was doing, yeah. Okay. But it also really works out that, like, his name is Charles. Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. I just got that. <laughs> Charlie's Angels. Wow. Yeah. I liked that. I was oh, like, I love it. Now I do love it. Yeah. There's been a lot of X-Men comics and I'm surprised no one had made that joke before. Yeah. Unless they had, and I missed it and Bendis just like stole someone's joke, but it, it feels very authentic and like good for the situation. Yeah. Um, so Spider-Man questions what Xavier just said, and he repeats, technically it's kidnapping. And the X-Men decide they are going to bring Geld off to the school. And Kitty invites Peter to come with them so he can see the school. And we kind of get a hint that Kitty might have a crush on him. There's some, like, hearts around her head as she asks him. And Peter asks if he can get a ride back before six. And when they say yes, he agrees to come. And back at Midtown... There's commotion on the front lawn of the school as parents arrive and try to find their kids to pick up. And See, Mary... that's why you wouldn't do that because right. it's pandemonium outside now. It is. And Mary Jane's mom tackle hugs her and Aunt May walks up at the same time asking where Peter is. And Mary Jane's like, oh, he was just here. And Gwen walks up and says, no, he wasn't. <laughs> And MJ tries to salvage her lie, and she says, no, no, he, he really was. He was just, and Gwen's like, I've been here the whole time, so where is he now? And, okay, he, so what what do you think of Gwen's behavior here? <laughs> is she doing the right thing, or is she totally snitching? Like, obviously, MJ and Peter are up to something, and that's why MJ's lying. So, Gwen, you just gotta, like, go with the flow. 
She is snitching, but also, like, she's. I think also her friend is missing during a thing. Yes, and I think I think that's part of it. She's like, yeah, we really don't know where he is, and like, there's maybe reason to be worried about where people are right now. But also, I think she doesn't like that she's not in on whatever's happening. Yeah, like I was gonna. If Peter had told her something, if Peter had been like, "Hey." This kind of sucks. I think I'm going to get out of here. I think she would have also lied for him. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely would have. That's true. But I just think it's funny that she's like... Oh, wow. So that's a strike against her. She's like, I can... I know. (laughs) I'll say it again. She's not a bad person, but she is a rival with Mary Jane. And it's kind of funny that she takes this chance to undercut her. Well, I actually... I don't really remember what happens in the rest of this issue in the next one, but I was thinking at the beginning, oh, that's fun. They're kind of having fun in class together when she's like, you're his boyfriend. Why am I taking the hit? It's like, oh, she is really friends with them, you know? Yeah. Kind of how it seemed. They don't like each other, but they don't hate each (laughs) other. You know, they're, I think they have come to the understanding that through Peter and like whatever other mutual friends, they they have to be around each other a lot, but they don't like it. And I think that's yeah. I think it's really fun. That is fun. I love seeing like all all the girls of this series. They're just they're so freaking fun. I know you love drama. <laughs> yeah. Get your popcorn out. <laughs> yep. Um so they're all wondering where Peter is, and of course he's on the X-Men's plane, which this bothered me, John. In this universe, it's a B-52 stealth bomber instead of a Lockheed SR-71 Blackbird, as yeah, we all we, know it we should were, be. We were both thinking the same thing. I knew you would pick up on that. Yeah. Um, when I was and, a kid. My, and it my, is stupid. Yeah. So, sorry, Art to bear. <laughs> no, it would have been Bagley. It's all of them, Zach. It's a team effort, Okay. <laughs> The whole damn team is culpable for this. Um, John, have you ever been to the Air Force Museum in Dayton, Ohio? Maybe. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Lasting I impact, I see. I've, I've been to some places before where there's like big planes. So <laughs> That's called an airport, John. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I just asked because <laughs> that's how I like I instantly recognized these planes like growing up my dad really liked like i don't know world war ii and military stuff and history and he took me to the air force museum like all the freaking time and i asked him recently what was that about because like i'm serious we probably went 10 different times and it's like a couple hours away from where we live and he told me well you know winter kind of sucks in indiana i couldn't take you to the pool i couldn't take you you know camping or anything but i could take you to a museum in ohio (laughs) that's awesome yeah um so so this plane is what and what's what's it supposed to be (laughs) just to tell our listeners one more time yeah it's a b2 bomber yeah but normally the x-men have a Lockheed SR-71 Blackbird. Well, I don't like that because Lockheed is that gun company, right? So maybe this will hurt their stock. <laughs> it's all, But it is funny. It is important that it's made by Lockheed because 
I don't know if you know anything about Kitty Pride in the main universe. She has like a little purple pet alien dragon who's named Lockheed. Oh, and he's named after their plane. Oh, well, this is a this is a big error. <laughs> yeah. Listener, send in your emails. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, I just don't think the stealth bomber looks cool. Yeah, it's like they it's just like have a two planes, though. That, yeah, two very <laughs> expensive planes. Yeah. Um. So they're on the plane and they're talking about Peter's goofy costume, and he explains that he lost his other one in a fight. And Kitty gets excited and she's like, "Oh, so were you fighting him naked?" And Jean asks Xavier something about Wolverine, which is weird because it's like I think she said it out loud. So she's like talking. Two telepaths are talking over a, a radio, you know, instead of talking telepathically, which we know she loves doing. But she mentions something huh. about, you know, hey, have you found Wolverine yet? And Peter's like, oh, hey, I know that guy. And they get a fun little thing where they're like, you know, Logan. He's like, yeah, I met him a couple times. And they're like, do you know where he is? And he's like, is he missing? And Geldof wakes up and sees where he is and who he's with. And he freaks out and his powers go off blowing a hole in the side of the plane and back at midtown this is why they didn't do the lockheed because they didn't want to have to destroy the x-men's plane which gets destroyed all the time anyways oh does it (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah that and the mansion are like never safe and you see that in the x-men movies one of those yeah, two gonna, things. I was gonna say, isn't that a isn't that like a thing that the X Men mansions like always getting destroyed or something? Or... It happens frequently in the comics, but like it feels like once every Fox movie, their plane or their house is getting blown up. Yeah. Um. So back at Midtown High, Aunt May calls the Daily Bugle looking for Peter, and gets transferred a few times before the call gets hung up on. And. Meanwhile, the plane is falling apart midair, and I didn't catch this at first, but like later on a different page, I was like, why does he have webs on his mouth? Peter Webb, as the plane is falling apart, Peter Webb's Geldof in the mouth, presumably to keep him from screaming, and Storm gets sucked out, but starts flying, because she can do that, and tries to redirect the plane using her control of the wind. And Peter grabs Kitty and sticks to the ceiling of the plane. And Storm seems to stop the momentum of the plane. But this launches Peter and Geldof through the cockpit window. And they start falling towards Earth as the issue ends. This is really bad foresight by the ex-ladies, if I do say so. Because shouldn't they have been a little bit prepared for this? That's what the guy's powers are, is like telepathically blowing stuff up. And I mean, that is just maybe not the smartest way to transport him. Yeah, they put him on a plane while he was passed out against his will. And he's scared of mutants. Like, yeah, it would have taken no time at all to like wake him up or let him wake up on his own. And then or just like telepathically keep him asleep. Or keep him calm. I was going to say, yeah, Jean, yeah. Jean Grey could do that. She could, like, calm him down yeah. mentally. Uh, okay, so what did you think, though? I mean, I thought this was kind of fun. Um, yeah. Some of it was hard to file, follow. Like, the whole, the he's crash. a mutant, he's not oh. a mutant. 
why are they here if he's not a mutant? They showed up here with no game plan. They're like, so are we taking him back or not? Like, you would think all of that would have been hashed out by the time they stepped onto a plane to go there. Yeah. And then the crash did feel a little forced, but I just, I liked all the banter. Yeah. Um, I, I liked it too. I, I thought it was a quick read. It was only 20 pages. Um, but I didn't think very much happened, you know? Yeah. It was like, they showed up and then they, they were just going to take him to the X-Men mansion and he's still not there. Some things felt a little rushed or like there just for fun, not for any purpose. Like the conversations on the plane serve no purpose, but they're just kind of fun. Ooh, here, here's something that I wrote that, so go back to the pages where Gwen and Mary Jane are like outside the school. I said, I think that Gwen is figuring out that Peter is Spider-Man based on what Mary Jane is saying and being like, just being like, he was just here, you know, like she knows he's lying about stuff and it seemed like she was throwing it. Oh, it was, it was this one. It was at page 12, the very bottom one, I think. Because she she she's spying on Mary Jane and Mary Jane is asking people about Spider-Man showing up at the other high school. And she's like watching her in the background. I, I see what you're saying. I don't know that she's spying on her. And also she's I don't even spying on her. She's, but she's eavesdropping into what they're saying. I can't even tell if she's within earshot there. I think she's walking up towards her, but the reason I don't think Gwen is, suspicious of peter being spider-man at all is because she loves and you know what happens well no because she loves peter but hates spider-man she still blames spider-man for the death of her dad oh that's true as recently as like when they were at that party she said something about it that's true it's it's not the bottom panel by the way it's actually the it's it's like more the top three you know she she shows up and she's listening to them, Spider-Man. And then Mary Jane shows up and asks. And Gwen is, like, leaning against the pole, like, watching oh, them. Yeah, and I can kind of see that. So, you know, I guess maybe she's not. But anyway. Did you notice two fun little Easter eggs on that big panel next to it? No. So look at the kids down by the bus. One of them has a shirt with the X-Men logo on it. Nice. And then another one. Ska. Seems like it's supposed to say Ska Dork. <laughs> wow. Zach, you know if you zoom in right next to the school, the people no longer have faces. Like specifically one guy walking down the steps. I don't know. Just give him some eyes and a mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I like that the principal is on the steps of the school. He's got a with a, horn. With a <laughs> megaphone, yes. Um, bus driver, move that bus. <laughs> um, well, I I did think this one was fun, but I didn't really think it was anything too special. I, I gave it a seven out of ten, and I don't have a grading scale. Seven out of ten, students skipping class. Okay, <laughs> nice. Yep, that works. I am right there with you. Like I know objectively, it's not a great issue, but it's just. It's fun seeing X-Men stuff, That's even though figured, it's you'd say. crappy Ultimate Universe X-Men. But like, I, I mean, I like this better. I like their appearances in Ultimate Spider-Man way better than I like their actual series. Yeah. 
it's a little disappointing that like storm sucks so bad in this universe she has like one line in this whole this whole issue and i'm like no storm's like supposed to be like she should be the leader she should be like the alpha in these scenes and like know what to do and be in control of the situation and here she just kind of sucks well they're just kind of like flirting with spider-man the whole time you know gene gray's talking about her being naked and kitty pride's just like openly like flirting with hearts going on around her and it's like aren't these people supposed to be x-men like superheroes (laughs) not just like teen crushes or something yeah keep it professional yeah they they are like younger in the ultimate universe than than normal so they're yeah. they're not like Storm and Jean Grey aren't that much older than Peter here, and Kitty's probably exactly his age. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So what's your ranking? We got a seven out of ten, and uh, I'm giving it a seven out of ten. Also, two seven out of tens. Yeah, not technically like proficiently like a great issue, but it's just it's got stuff I like. Yeah. Yep. Issue forty four tampered that's what it's called peter's behind the x-men logo and this is just by the regular creative team so back at the parker home aunt may is worried sick and she gets a call from that chemistry teacher from before that's upset about peter missing class and he lets aunt may know that peter was gone before the incident even happened which is kind of a, a red flag and gwen swears to aunt may that she doesn't know where Peter is and may begins to shout towards the basement for Peter to open the door, just like in case he's down there. She starts banging on the door and she grabs a fire extinguisher and breaks the knob off the door. And she stands at the top of the stairs to the basement, like a horror villain. (laughs) She really is. She's in like complete silhouette. Yeah. So Aunt May breaks the knob off the door and then we cut to Peter in an X-Men building with kind of like a stained glass church looking building with a big X-Men symbol at the top of it. Um, and someone off screen asks him what he's reading. And he's like, oh, this is the Kingpin book. Ben Urich wrote this. I've been meaning to read it. And... And then we see that person asking him, it's a hologram version of Professor X. And he's like, well, it's time to wake up now. And Peter wakes up in a doctor's office surrounded by the X-Men. I was really glad that the stained glass place was not real because I had already written. That's a weird thing to have in the X-Men mansion, like a church worshiping the X-Men logo. Well, it looks like a library, like a really old timey, like a cathedral that got converted into like a library or something. Yeah. What I was wondering yeah. from this scene is if so, he's in like his mindscape, and he's <laughs> like not. Professor X looks like a sixteen-year-old boy in a suit who's like standing. Oh yeah, I think he looks pretty funny. But what I'm interested in is he has not read Ben Yurick's book. But he thinks he's reading Ben Yurick's book. Someone put that book in there. Is he just making up a book in his mind or is he actually reading something? If he went and compared the first page, would it be, oh my gosh, Zach, that's a really good 
Um, is he? I would love to know that. I would like love to know how deep Professor X's like psychic powers goes. Right. You know, is Peter like subconsciously inserting him into the story since he took down Kingpin? Like, is the whole first chapter about like, well, Peter Parker woke (laughs) up that day. I couldn't have done it without my buddy Spider Man. Um, Zach, that reminds me of a really good Doctor Who episode, if I can tangent for a second and potentially spoil this Christmas uh, episode from like five or six years ago. But it's like a dream episode, kind of. And the Doctor shows up and he's like on this space station and every it turns out they are all a part of the same psychic dream. And they're like figuring it out as they're going on that like that this is happening and the way that they figure it out is the doctor's like you all got instruction manuals when you got here right everybody flipped to a random page what's the first word on that page and they all have different words because you know the books are not real they've all just like mentally so and that's how they're like it's like the mind-blowing moment that you're like there is not you know so it's it's pretty it's a pretty good one Anyway, can we just talk about Doctor Who all day? <laughs> which which doctor was that? Which actor? That was my favorite doctor, Peter Capaldi. Okay, the old guy. The old guy, yep. Gotcha. I really hope he comes back this November. There's, It's the 60th anniversary, and uh, he's kind of been saying he he hasn't been wanting to come back. He's, like, really happy with how he left, and, like, but, man, I want him to come back so badly. <laughs> Listeners, you heard it here. Um, in November, you're going to find out either John's going to be really happy or really mad. No, I won't be really mad. No, I won't. Um, but in November is when we should do a Doctor Who bonus episode before the 60th comes out. It'll be fun. It'll be a lot of John talking and me going, uh-huh. <laughs> well, that doesn't make me want to do it very much. No, I'm interested to hear. You'll have to check out some episodes beforehand. I've watched maybe most of the matt smith stuff like out of order yeah um well i'm sure he will i'm sure he will come back in november yeah and david Tennant is definitely back i know people like him yeah so okay so peter was reading a book really good really good uh good thought zach and he wakes up and he's in this X-Men doctor's office and storm and Jean gray kind of recount to him what happened and how they saved him. And Gelfond is it Gelfond? What's his name? Geldof. Geldof. I have written in my notes here, Gaston, (laughs) Gelfond. I like could not remember what it was and I didn't feel like going back and looking for it. And they haven't said his name yet. So I just blows up cars like Geldof. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um you name- that's gelfond blows up cars like gelfond and- oh okay his name is gel okay i thought you meant the yep what are we doing <laughs> i thought you meant the beauty and the beast guy that's gaston was- that's gaston yeah who's gelfond i don't f- know it's what i wrote in my notes <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry i i uh i guess i don't have these names straight <laughs> maybe that's what you named the black cat gelfond gelfond that actually yeah okay i'll add it to the the list yeah so you're not really going to 
But, you know, there was no tension in this. Even when the plane exploded and they were, like, panicking, I'm like, how would these guys be in trouble? This is a plane of four superheroes. They're going to be fine. This this is like another day at the office, right? I mean, it could could a plane crash happen to a better group of people? I'm just... <laughs> Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, because Andrew they're superheroes. They'd be able to make it out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Have you seen the Reddit post about the guy who was like, um, hey, I know that this is going to be like unpopular, but I just feel like I would have survived on the submarine. Like, I know that like scientifically, there's no way I would have, but I just honestly believe that I'm built different and I would have survived. <laughs> and it's like, good for you, man. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you would have. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> um, so, so they recount to Peter how they saved him and. And Peter's like, you guys took my mask off. Nobody respects my secret identity. And um, it's the same thing that he went through with Doctor Strange and Wong in that team up issue. When they're like, you were unconscious. We had to give you medical attention. And he was like, but now you know who I am. And they're like, no, we don't. Yeah, wait, isn't that, doesn't he say his name? He's like, everyone knows I'm Peter Parker. And they're like, well, now we do. <laughs> How would we have known that just based off of your face? Um, but it is funny. That's also when he meets the Fantastic Four in the worst drawn episode ever um, <laughs> by Jim Mafood. <laughs> there, he also is like going through the thing and they're like, 16-year-old Peter Parker. And he's like... <laughs> Everybody knows, you know, the robot does. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone figures him out. Um, so back at the Parker basement, Aunt May is snooping around, but she's unable to get into his computer without the password. And for a couple of panels, we see it zooms in on something on Peter's desk. Zach, what is that? Can you clue me in on what it's trying to get us to look at? Because I looked hard and i did not see anything so it's like the shape of a teardrop right and it looks like it's made out of glass i think that's his eye lens oh because remember it fell out yeah. when he was helping that lady that was getting robbed that is what that is yeah okay so it's nice. a clue that could have led her to figuring out he's spider-man but she, Boy, i hope she does she I'm looked all around it of, and missed it i'm just sick of this uh I'm sick of them having this between them. You know, I would think that there would be other stuff laying around that's more obvious than that. Like, definitely. She, she would be going through up. drawers and yeah. stuff, and she would find a web shooter or yeah. something. Yeah. She she doesn't really snoop that hard. It's almost like she like goes into snoop, and then she maybe kind of starts to, and then she's like, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm just going to turn and walk away. Yeah. Or maybe she just didn't find anything and she left. I think she specifically came for the computer thinking like maybe he has an email or something on his calendar. Yeah. I, I She probably didn't think, you know, an answer to where he is in that moment would be like, you know, hidden somewhere else. Yeah. Um. 
so Geldof has been strapped up to the machine to examine him, and he's in a great mood because Xavier gave him a happy thought. And he says the reason that they need to bring him in is because Xavier can't detect if he's a mutant or a human, which he believes is a result of a mutant-human genetic experiment. And then he's done a good bit of thought on this, and I thought it was pretty interesting, that he thinks somebody injected the mutant gene into the placenta of a pregnant woman, and that's illegal to do in most places, including Latveria, where Geldof is from. And Geldof kind of gives his best like Keanu Reeves impression and he's like no way <laughs> what <laughs> yeah I said Geldof in his like happy mood he kind of is like stoned is what it seems <laughs> yeah I think that's the implication yeah. it looks like he's under like <laughs> anesthesia yeah and Hank McCoy slash Beast and Xavier start talking all sciencey about why someone would do this and how they would do this. And Peter asked the real question, which is if someone went through the trouble of this, why is he here now just at some random high school in Queens blowing up cars? And Xavier tells him that the experiment was probably done without permission and was abandoned before Geldof showed any like mutant powers. But Xavier vows to find out what happened to him. And he actually says that like a couple different times this issue. He's like, I promise I will find out what happened. And me as the reader, I was kind of like, okay, I trust you. <laughs> like, yeah, I know you will. So you don't have to keep. Maybe he just thinks Peter doesn't believe him and he can read his mind. So maybe he, you know. And Peter asks Xavier what he's going to do with Geldof. And Xavier says he's going to present him at medical conferences, <laughs> which I did also think was like a pretty funny response to that question and then he's going to present him at enough of those until he figures something out and then he's going to present him and the medical people to the un and i it, this this did you ever watch scrubs no it reminded me of a scrubs episode where they're they're all trying to like get the best patient to present at a medic or like to have like a paper written about them so they can present at some medical conference and that's just what this reminded me of and it was like everyone trying to get the best thing he's like this is crazy what are you gonna do with them and he's like i'm gonna show him to the medical my medical friends why does that feel like the scientific community's version of like dinner for schmucks the, yeah <laughs> that is funny <laughs> uh, because the people that they have all have these like weird you know medical things going on with yeah, them it's like a human Look at how being. weird this guy is. Yes, it's it's like one step removed from an old timey freak show. Yeah, it's like a human being that they're presenting for show and tell. Um, but yeah, Z Xavier wants to present him to like show that there are people doing these human mutant tests that he knows that people have been doing, and Peter is like, "Well, hey man, I don't." I don't know if Geldof is going to really want to help out the mutant cause. He seems kind of homophobic. And he uses the word homophobic, not even mutant phobic. But I is that like the stupidest argument you've ever heard? Or what do you think of Peter's argument here? 
it's interesting because it's like it's about like medical autonomy and like freedom of choice and it's like oh yeah we can get behind that but then his reasoning is yeah this guy might not consent to like you parading him around because he's racist and hates you and that's where he loses me <laughs> well but it's not they're not gonna experiment on him they're not I mean, gonna they experiment might, on him but they might a little like draw some blood but he makes but, a good point but justifies it with a bad point yeah he could have yeah. just left it at don't you think this should be Gildoff's decision yeah not like because he's not down for this mutant cause so he doesn't want to help you guys it is so funny reading this whole series like long game the ultimate spider-man thing from like an x-men reader perspective where you're like super focused on like anytime they talk about mutants you know what's the subtext here what's going on yeah socially with them call them homophobics multiple times on this issue well the funny thing is how many times peter is like wrong about it or like (laughs) well-intentioned but then just like says something pretty stupid because he's 15 and he's not a mutant that's that's what i was about to say is i wonder if it's supposed to be like purposefully he's he's like a kid who doesn't know what he's talking about yes i think it's so funny and i also think it's probably a realistic way to portray like the mutant metaphor as like oh this is an oppressed population is like yeah there's going to be some people who really think they're like kind of helping out and they're just not you know they just don't know what they're talking about or doing allies yes and peter's (laughs) one of those for a lot of this series Hey, Zach, that's what an ally looks like, okay? <laughs> that's an inside joke from before we started recording, listeners. Peter's uh, going to get a shirt from Target that says, yeah. <laughs> My friends are mutants. I have mutant friends. <laughs> um, so, Xavier... Yeah, he says, this is the smoking gun that people are experimenting on mutants, and, and yeah... And I said, I I wrote, I said, I think Peter's on the wrong side of this argument. And Peter says, isn't this guy going to get a chance at a normal life? And Beast jokes, define normal, because Beast is like looking all blue and Beast-like. And Peter says, define this fuzzball and knocks him out across the room, grabs Geldof and takes off running on the way. He smacks up Cyclops. Cyclops. You you missed the funniest part of that page. (laughs) Xavier's expression. He's he's got his fingers like up to his face, but like pointed out, you know, and he's like, oh, no, Spider-Man, please be reasonable. And he just looks like the most like silly, like soft, like it's the funniest expression. (laughs) <laughs> i did just see it oh my gosh that is hilarious that is <laughs> it's like the worst acting like macaulay culkin but his hands aren't quite on his face yeah he's just like please spider-man no there's you're something so about and you're strong <laughs> there's something about your hands just have hovering under your cheeks but your fingers are pressed as far back outside as they can be it's just the funniest expression wow that is pretty funny. And yeah, Peter <laughs> Peter takes off running. He knocks out Cyclops. He runs past Kitty Pride. Runs through her. Runs Oh, yeah, runs runs through her. Because she can face jumps out the window. 
smacks onto the ground and um who's he who's he jump out the window with not that it matters but oh, not, he runs he runs through colossus he runs and through colossus out the window who can't phase so he just knocks him colossus and geldof out the window and then we see charles xavier standing leaning against the tree branch and he says peter what good would that do and we're back in the doctor's office lab place, and Peter's scratching the back of his head says, it was just a thought. <laughs> so did Peter have that thought, or did Xavier put that thought in his head? He had that thought, but Pe- but Xavier saw it. But again, okay. I, I well, love the next a telepathic here's... hijinks. Like, well, he had yep. to go in. I thought he did it for a second. So did I. So did I. I'm, I wish I would have seen the Charles Xavier panel the first time, to because maybe it would have been like, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> um, but here's my thought. If if Xavier put this in his head, okay, he's putting in the X-Men he's running past. Yeah, he's putting in, you're, you're going to knock out Cyclops. If Spider-Man just had this thought, that means Kitty Pride, who's not in the room at all, Peter, as he's imagining his escape, is still like, man, I wouldn't mind seeing Kitty Pride like in her skirt bringing us all lemonade before i leave you know well she said because we didn't mention it thought. we didn't mention it earlier because it doesn't matter but she's like i'll go get everyone drinks so he might have known oh she could be coming back with the drinks right now okay okay he's not just like but I did, maybe i'll get to run past kitty pride again <laughs> i did notice it too that it's like he's thinking about beating up all these guys but then she's also there, but he just kind of runs. And, he, and he's faster. just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think he's got a crush. I mean, I don't blame he, him. I would. Me, me neither. Yeah. Yes. I, I w- would like her more than Gwen. I do like her more than <laughs> Gwen. <laughs> I would rather he date her than Gwen. And maybe even more than Mary Jane. But I don't know. I love... I've said before, Kitty Pride is my favorite comic book character, maybe fictional character of all time. That's funny. Okay, well, then I won't root for Spider-Man to steal her from you. <laughs> no, it's cool. I'm, I'm happily married. Okay. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> Kitty and I have an understanding. We're just friends. Yeah. <laughs> so it is kind of funny. Peter's like, it was just a thought. And... um. Xavier says that they're going to treat Geldof with respect and and real good will come of this. And Geldof tells Peter that they're cool and Kitty offers him a ride home. And just then Peter's like, oh my gosh, what time is it? And he goes back into his house. He sneaks in the basement. He's still thinking about Professor X. I think he can kind of sense that someone's like watching him or listening to him or like close to him. And he thinks it's Professor X in his head. And just then he turns around and he sees Aunt May and she says, we need to talk. And boy, I, I hope that I hope that she figures out he's Spider-Man. I just know that she's not going to and it's going <laughs> to hurt me. Peter's going to be like, Aunt May, I have something to tell you. I've wanted to tell you for so long and then something's going to interrupt them. <laughs> Aren't you glad, though, that we didn't have that very long for Mary Jane? what like in this series that's one of my favorite things yes. early on is yes i am it, it doesn't just last forever and ever it's like by episode five of our 
podcast. Yeah. He had told her. Yep. I do like that. And I want Gwen to know. I just want everyone to know so they can all just be buddies and do Spider-Man stuff. <laughs> yeah. I get what I get what you're saying. It gets old after a while, always having the subplot of he has to keep this secret. Yeah. Um, and I just feel bad for Aunt May. You know, yeah. dude, she's worried sick again tonight. There's like a terrorist explosions going on at the school down the block, and Peter has been missing the entire day. Yeah. I that mean it's be, ironic. My mom would die. Yeah. It's ironic that he's keeping it from her. Partially because he thinks, like, it'd be too hard for her to worry about him going off and being Spider-Man and something bad happening to him. But she's already worrying that. Yeah. And she doesn't yeah. know that he can defend himself. Yeah. Um, I thought that this one was good also. A little bit better than the than the last one. I I Do we meet Geldof again? Are we going to hear about what is happening with him? I I honestly don't remember. If okay. we do, it'll be briefly. But my <laughs> guess is at this point, he transitions into being like a character or an arc in Ultimate X-Men. Okay. If I, I haven't read all of. With this run, it's that they don't ever finish things out as complete as I would like them to be. Like... I I mean, they can't. They have to keep making issues. Okay, well, there's just the capitalism in Zach, I guess. We just won't tell a good story because we just got to sell the next one. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you can't really take people off the table here. They also, they were trying in the Ultimate Universe to be like, oh, death is final. So, like, yeah, you know, we're not resurrecting people all the time. So the stakes are kind of high. So it's like nothing truly ends because it's like, Oh, what are we going to do with this bad guy? Throw him in jail. Okay. Then he's going to break out. Oh, what are we going to do with, you know, Geldof, uh, ship him off to the X-Men in case we ever want to use him again. And if we don't ever want to use him again, cool. He's still there at the X-Men. Well, matter. I'd like to know what happened with the genetic testing. See, that's part of the problem with professor X saying multiple times. I vow to find out what happened and I will let you guys know what happened. That's what and I'm saying. Like, I, okay. I'd I, love to. I think at that point, that plot point it has been becomes handed. An it's been handed over to Ultimate X Men. So that's how they get people to buy X Men. Yeah, because I, they just have to know what happened to Geldof. There's always cross promotion in like Marvel comics or DC comics for that matter. There's yeah. always going to be like, oh hey, cool, we're gonna um we're gonna show you Moon Knight in this issue. Yeah. So then you want to start buying Moon Knight comics, you know? Well, it's. And it's funny you specifically say Moon Knight because right before you said that, I was even thinking it's it's kind of like how the MCU is becoming where you've got to watch this show and this show and, you know, go see all these movies for like people you don't care about just so you can know what's happening with the Avengers. Yep. Yes. From a creative perspective, it's cool because it shows they're all part of the same universe and there would be some overlap. Yeah. But like cynically, you can look at it and be like, they're doing this so they can well, sell you now everything. They're doing, now they're doing quantity and not quality. Well, yeah, the MCU like, is. It, yeah. 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 Well, and, well, yeah, I don't want this to turn into that. I don't think it does. I think but you don't like the X-Men universe in, in the, the ultimate universe. I don't like yeah. ultimate X-Men. Yeah, that's true. But I also haven't read all of it. It could have gotten yeah. better 
but I don't know. I think the X-Men are just a very hard thing to replicate because it took them so long and so many specific things happening to them in the main comics for them to get to the point where they are. It's hard to start the X-Men from scratch and say, well, we want to have Storm there. We want to have Wolverine there. We want to have Nightcrawler and, and, you know, all these people there. It's like it took so long for X-Men to get good and build upon itself. Yeah. Hmm. And people just want to see- start from like step 10. Have you seen that? Uh, well, here, let's, let's rate this real fast. Um, I said seven and a half out of 10, a little bit better than the last one. Yeah. I'm going to give it eight out of 10. Um, I really liked um, this one more than the last one. You know, I liked the telepathic bits, the, the yeah, him reading the book and him thinking he's running away and yeah, it, it's just fun. Um, okay, eight out of ten. Um, illegal placenta experiments. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um. Hey, did you see the costumes for the Deadpool movie? Yeah, I did. You know why those leaked when they did? Um. I know it's like writer strike stuff, or what is it? What they're all connected. I think the studio wanted to dangle a carrot in front of fans faces and be like, look how cool this movie's going to be. And then pull it away and say, well, now production has stopped because of those pesky strikes. Blame the, so, blame the strikers. Yeah. This is why you aren't getting the Wolverine costume anytime soon. Oh, dude, I hope people don't fall like good. I would rather not watch it than, than, you know, they all have so much money, obviously. Like that stuff Michael Eisner, the owner of Disney, was saying about like we'll just wait them out and eventually they'll become homeless. I like talking it was about the Bob writer. Iger, but still was that yes. it? Was it wasn't who's Michael Eisner? Maybe he's someone else who who said something. I don't know, dude. All these bil- billionaires, they're like the same. But uh but yeah, it's just it's you know, like so they make two hundred forty million dollars a year, and they're like, these guys are being greedy back here. And it's like, how can you not have like the self reflection? I mean, you either just have well, they know no ability. Evil. That's what I was gonna say. Is you you either just literally don't know because you just can't look at yourself objectively at all, or you are just like actively like being evil by being like. You guys gotta just—you're being greedy. Make you know. I I don't. I don't get it. I'm. Just I don't think lost. you get into that seat that they're in if you didn't sell your soul years ago. You know. Well, I I saw some stuff that the movie was already like way behind production, and now they're probably just gonna blame the writer strike for it. Now I'll just be like, oh, we we have to shut down because of the strike, you know. But they were already like pretty pretty far behind and like it wasn't moving very i don't know i don't even care about that specific movie in general what i care about is like the terms that they put forward to like try to end the strike was such bullshit they were like saying okay if you're a background actor which most of the people in this union are um if you don't have a speaking role here's how it's going to work now we pay you for your one day on set, your regular rate, but we retain the rights to your face to put you in crowd shots for the rest of time that oh. we don't pay you for. 
how could how could you even think that that that's like reasonable? I mean, it it's just it's just totally unreasonable. It's disgusting. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, I just didn't know what she thought. Think of the costumes or anything. Oh, I mean, in his yellow suit. That's fun. Yeah, it's it's cool. I'm afraid with all these rumors about it that it's like it's going to turn into, you know, they're going to try and cram everything they ever wanted to do with the X-Men in one last time and bring all the actors back. And I I hope it's good. uh, Yeah, no, don't don't give me that. Like as an X-Men fan, I'm telling you, don't give me that. Yeah, just just make a fun movie that stands on its own and be proud of it a a fun deadpool and wolverine romp would be awesome but if in every single scene they're like meeting a new person they're like oh hey here's gambit that one guy from magic mike who was supposed to play gambit and here's channing tatum yeah channing tatum and here's I don't know whoever all these other people were, you know, the old fantastic four and blah, blah, blah. All these random people. I hope it's not that either. I hope it's good. I I mean, it's pretty good. Clearly I'm a Marvel fan. I love like Marvel IP and the stories from the comics and who doesn't want to see that represented on screen. But it's like, I'm even getting burnt out with all this, you know, more is more. Let's just, live off nostalgia bring every actor in it's like no if you can focus on one or two characters and just tell a decent story or make a you know entertaining movie that's fine just do that and you can even add in easter eggs from the comic like i thought deadpool 2 was really good about it like you know they put black tom cassidy in there for like two scenes like there's two black tom cassidy jokes and I'm like, that's cool. I know as a reader of the comics who that is. That's cool. You don't have to beat me over the head with, oh, look, we got the original actress who played Storm. And now she's got the Storm Mohawk. You remember that? And, oh, look at that. It's like, yeah, you can just make little throwaway yeah. jokes that coincide with the comics. And that's how you get your nostalgia. But it doesn't take away from the movie. Yeah. Well, next week we are on issues 45 and 46. Yes. You want to give us a tease? What are we doing next week? Um, I'll give I'll give a long view tease. So after next week. So next week 45 46. Cool. Fine, whatever. After that, <laughs> we're going to jump into a little mini series called Ultimate 6. And I'll just say the main characters, Spider-Man, the Ultimates, and the Sinister Six. Oh, I thought you'd like that. So when is this set? Like right around where we're at. Oh, my gosh. Nice. Yeah. Nice. You've been waiting for that, haven't you? A little bit. I have been waiting for all these people to meet. I want to see how they interact with each other. I've actually never read that series. I read like the first three issues maybe last week just to see if this is something we should like, you know, dig into. So that's actually going to be a first read for both of us. Title of the pod. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Okay. I like it. 
That is a good, that's a good tease. All right. Well, don't skip next week anyway, listeners. <laughs> but two weeks from now, wow, it's going to get good. Ultimate six. Yep. Okay, cool. Well, thank you to all of our listeners and to Zach, of course, but also to Ian Hickey for the music and Alyssa Seaman for the artwork. Um, and everyone for listening <laughs> and leaving a review and a comment. You can find us at the first read ultimate Spider-Man podcast on Spotify, Apple music, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts and you can come and leave us a comment on Instagram. Haven't named the kitten yet. If anyone wants to throw in some last minute names at first read podcast, send us an email at first read spidey at gmail.com or find us on YouTube at ultimate Spider-Man podcast. See you next week, Zach. 